All right, all right. Well, welcome to Sunday night prayer meeting. It's good to see you guys. We're going to be in Second Corinthians chapter ten, and uh, we're going to be looking at seven attributes. We started this last week. I only got through one of the seven. Uh, seven attributes of a credible Christian warrior, and then we'll break down and pray. Is that clock correct? There's no way. My clock said 6.05. Yeah, 6.16. That's that's crazy. Well, um, so 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 10. Let's go ahead and look at... uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I just want to pick up... uh, We read it last week and... I don't want to get, we will get through all of it, but I want to start with just reading the first six verses, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think uh, of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Heavenly Father, we pray a blessing on the reading and hearing of your word. Thank you for the opportunity to gather, to sing, to praise your name, to partake of the Lord's Supper today. And uh, Lord, just to gather tonight to pray. In the, and uh, Lord, in preparation of our prayer time, help us to war. Lord, we're here to, to pray, and, and uh, Lord, a lot of the warfare that we engage in is in prayer. And so, Father, uh, we're reminded of Michael the archangel that rebukes Satan over the body of Moses. And uh, Lord, we, we understand that we're dealing with principalities and powers. When Daniel prayed, Lord, uh, uh, his prayer was delayed, uh, and he had to wait. But Lord, we don't have to wait. We know that when we pray, Lord, it's uh, directly to the throne of God because we have Christ as our advocate as our intercessor and so father we can come boldly before the throne tonight and uh, and lord we can ask and we'll receive and so father we pray god a blessing on the reading the hearing and the application of your word uh, we ask all this in jesus name amen all right so uh first corinthians or second corinthians i'm sorry chapter 10 and verse 1 what we saw last week by the way do you all have out those that need outlines you should have them uh amy can you yeah, there's a couple that don't. So can you see if there's some more out in the out on the front there? Um, I'm not gonna. I'll keep going. The first point is that we're secure. They're secure in their relationship with Christ. So we're looking at seven attributes of a credible Christian warrior. And um, and uh, we saw that in verses one and two, Paul says, "I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, whom in, pres- who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. Uh, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present, with the confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh." And so you can see that there's uh, there's none out there. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. That always happens. I think they throw them away throughout the week, and that's it. So, um, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, you'd have to get on my computer and print them off, Amy. So, do you guys? Who who doesn't have an outline that wants one? Let me start there. Do you guys? Because I can get you. I can get you one. 
Uh, Amy, can you run on my computer and... Um, Oh, if you got a blank one, Amy can go run a run a copy real quick. You got the copier code? Okay. That'll be easier. That's my administrative assistant on Sunday nights. Thank you, Amy Joe. Uh, and so, um, and so we were talking about being the first thing that a, a, a credible Christian warrior is is in, can secure in their relationship with Christ. So Paul's he's catching heat, right? Uh, not everybody is up for him being the Apostle Paul, and uh, believe it or not. And so and he got a lot of that, more than you would think. We look at Paul, we revere Paul. Uh, but as he says, you know, in, in presence, I'm base among you. I don't look like much, <laughs> but uh, but I am the Apostle Paul. You know, he's trying not to say anything, but he's to that point where he's like, I, I, I'm going to have to say something here. And I don't want to really be like this towards you, so I'm going to say it now so when I come, I don't have to say it when I get there. That's basically what he's saying. So uh, point A was secure Christians can endure personal attacks and that's what we talked about uh last time uh you know credible christians and secure christians when we're secure in our relationship with christ and you will have them you can you can endure those personal attacks and when you get in ministry uh, that's probably the hardest thing uh not whether you're in ministry or not in anything that's what's gonna that's you know the devil tries to take you down just look at politics it's all it's all personal attacks that's the that's the weapon of choice god forbid that's why none of us want to be in politics but even in ministry uh, and even in your family, right? When someone wants to do what they want to do, what will they do? They'll turn on you and attack you because personal attack is, well, that's the that's the way Lucifer turned on God, you know. And so that just strikes at the core of uh, who we are. And uh, Paul's able to handle that. He's secure in his relationship with Christ. He's not worried. He's not getting his his affirmation from everybody else. He's getting his affirmation from God. And so point B was secure Christians manifest spiritual fruit. We talked about that, John 15. I'm not going to get into that again. Much fruit, fruit that remains. And then spiritual survival hinges on security in Christ. And uh, we looked at Psalm 34, 19, 2 Timothy 3, uh, 10 and 11, and Romans 8, 37 through 39. And that finished up that first point uh, uh, regarding being secure. But also credible Christian warriors are successful in spiritual battles. So that's point number two. And when you get to verse three, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Uh, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, uh, casting down... Uh, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so, you know, a credible Christian warrior no longer wars after the flesh. And so that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Turn over to James chapter 4 and uh, verse 1. James chapter 4 and verse 1. Somebody want to read that, James 4, 1? Mm. Amen. So, where do the wars and fightings come from? Well, they come from, well, they come, they come from our members, don't they? Now, when you look about, think about that, what is our members? Well, that's our, it's our body, right? Our flesh. It, Paul said, "In my flesh dwelleth no good thing." And then, you know what? That's exactly what the body. You know, what we call people that are part of the body of Christ. 
members. That's right. So where, where do wars and fightings come from? They come from your members. And so they're trying. that's what's going on at Corinth. There, there are members uh, that are warring and are sparring with words and uh, hurting the cause of Christ there. And so uh, Ephesians 2, you can look over at Ephesians 2. Someone want to grab Ephesians 2 and verse 2 and read uh, in verse 2? It's a sword drill. Wherein in time past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Amen. Thanks, Ron. That's hard to hear and then repeat it like that. You did a great job. And so so in Ephesians 2, of course, that the verse, verse 1, is you and you have to quicken who were dead in trespassing sins. So we're not there anymore. We're alive. Um, at one time, we walked in the course of this world according to the prince and the power of the air. So whether people believe it or not, um, when we're not in the spirit, we're under the influence of the devil. That's all there is to it. Um, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That doesn't mean Satan himself, by the way, is uh, at every you know around every corner. But he's he's strategic, uh, just like God is strategic in the way he administers his kingdom. Well, Satan is strategic in the way he wars against it. That's what again getting back to prayers. I was praying about prayer. You know, Satan is when there's really important issues going on with a nation like Babylon. Uh, his forces are in the middle of it, saying, "Wait a minute." You know, uh, you're not you're not moving here, and God's like, no, I am moving here, and so there's friction <laughs> in the heavens, and so I don't want to get too cerebral or get too far in, uh, into spiritual uh, applications, but the reality is is in, in uh, is that we as Christian um, as Christians need to understand that's what Paul's saying in Second Corinthians chapter ten is we don't we do not war after the flesh, uh, he says you know uh, the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal they're not fleshly but mighty through God the pulling down of strong holds so uh, in verse 3 he said for though we walk in the flesh we don't war after the flesh that's a really good thing right now uh, because we got people uh, there are people that are fired up ready to go to the streets ready to you know get physical you know as uh, Olivia Newton-John said so many decades ago but the reality is 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 our warfare is not physical it's a spiritual war and so, um, you know, once that we're quickened, we're not quickened by phys- We were quickened physically when we were born the first time, but the second time we're born, when we're born again, we're quickened spiritually. And uh, that's also when we get the tools necessary uh, as we as we walk in the Word to war against the powers of darkness. So, of course, you guys know Ephesians six. I'll be talking about this this coming uh, Wednesday night. For we re- we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All right, so let me contextualize this. You know, one of the reasons, going back to the first point, that Paul was secure in his relationship with Christ, and he wasn't, he wasn't, he was allowing the attacks. It wasn't that he wasn't addressing the attacks, but he didn't allow them to penetrate his heart. It's because he had the shield of faith, right? And he understood that this was not about a war of flesh and blood, right? So that's that's one of the biggest lessons a Christian can learn when someone in flesh and blood. Uh, attacks you, realize this is not about flesh and blood. And we like to personalize the devil's attacks. We like to think, make it about them. It's not about them. It's about what's going on around them. They may not really grasp that. Now, 
if we've been in the world in our flesh enough, we all know that. Haven't you ever said something? And you're like, why did I say that? Well, because you were controlled. I was controlled by my flesh. <laughs> and I gave, that's why Paul says, don't give place to the devil. Because even Christians can be used as tools, right? If we allow ourselves to get in the flesh, we can do and say things that are not conducive to helping the kingdom of God advance. And we can actually assault our own members, right? And so that's that's why we had the Lord's Supper today. That we, we celebrate the Lord's Supper to remember that the body wouldn't be together if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ absorbing all of our sin and, 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 uh, and His righteousness being imputed to us, our sin being uh, placed upon Him, man, we would be in trouble. I mean, we wouldn't have any cohesion. But because of that, we are cohesive. And so we should act like it, right? And part of acting like it, and Steve hit the nail on the head this morning, is not just what you know, it's what you believe, right? you got to know, believe the right thing, know the right thing, and then we'll do the right thing. And that's part of the spiritual warfare. That was a really good point you made. All right, so point B. First point under uh, successful spiritual battles is a credible Christian warrior no longer wars after the flesh. Second one, point B, credible Christian warriors have the correct weaponry for spiritual warfare. And, uh, well, what might that weaponry be? Well, you all know Ephesians 6, but before we get to Ephesians 6, let's go to Galatians 5. And again, this is not, uh, I'm going to go ahead and most of you know this verse, so I'm going to read it. Uh, You know the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, here's their weapons, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen, amen. It's the fruit of the Spirit. You know, uh, when we have the fruit of the Spirit, uh, I tell you what, there's not a whole lot of things that are going to defeat you. There's a lot of things that can be said to you, but uh, you got peace like a river, right? I mean, you've got you've got what it takes. You got the love, you got the joy, you got the peace, right? That's internal. So that's that's the th- you know what that is. That's protecting your heart. God shields our heart through the love, the joy, and the peace of the Spirit. And then that you know what the long suffering, gentleness, and goodness does. That that is exactly, um, man. That that's that's stuff that we can apply to others, right? That's our temperament. And meekness and temperance against such there is no law. I mean, that's visible. And so before long, it's it's actually the fruit of the Spirit can be manifest where people can actually see it. And so sometimes the devil might bring somebody to accuse Paul. That Paul's like, you know, I'm just going to walk in the Spirit here and I'm going to manifest love. All of a sudden, they're seeing Jesus through the Apostle Paul. And Hebrews 4.12 is a very important verse. And that's why we're here tonight. And that's to, that's to pray. Right, I, I mentioned that somewhere this morning um, in Hebrews chapter four and in verse twelve, the Bible says, and you guys know this verse, um, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God is quick, and that's why we're quick, right? In uh, in Ephesians two one, you have to quicken who were dead in trespass and sin. So the day that we trust Christ as our Savior, the Bible quickens us; it brings us to life. That's what quick is: is to 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 in, in, uh, bring life to it. And so the word of God is alive; it's quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the of the heart. Now, what's it say in verse sixteen? After it talks a little bit about our priesthood, then he says, "Let us therefore." 
Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we got direct transmission to the to the headquarters. We got a sharp two edged sword. Man, we just gotta use it. Right? We gotta we gotta we gotta use the powerful, quick, two edged sword. And so let me just put that in practical terms. Are we gonna be successful in spiritual battles if we don't know God's word? You're not. It doesn't do. If all you do is go to church, listen to me preach, and you don't read the Bible, and I know you guys do, you don't pray, right? It's just some religion that you go through. It ain't going to do you a bit of good. As soon as something goes wrong, I shouldn't say it won't do you a bit of good. It might do you some good, but it isn't going to do you the good that you need when the when the battles come. When the battles come, you got to call on the Word of God. You got to have you got to have the Word of God hidden in your heart. You got to have you got to have an anchor. And uh, you can't live through someone else's faith. That's when your faith is worked out. It's worked out when we believe what the Bible says. And if we're not actively seeking God's word, it's going to be hard to find it. All right. So, uh, man, but when you are seeking God's word, it's available. It's it's a it's a sword that's ready to go uh, when you need it. Now Ephesians six, and you guys know this is Ephesians six. I'll be covering this again uh, Wednesday night. But finally, my brethren, in verse ten, uh, after he talks about a child a servant and a, a child a father a servant and a master, then he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now that's not a that's not an ask. That's that's a command. I mean, he's telling us this is what you need to do. Uh, once you grow up, then you stand up. That's how it works. And so, um, you know, he mature up as a child, mature up as a servant, mature up as a father, mature up as a master, and then stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because if you don't put all on the whole armor of God, you won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, right? Are we doing all to stand? Stand therefore. Once you've done everything you can do, stand some more. Uh, Having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith wherein uh, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and that's what we see paul actually doing and by the way second corinthians 10 he is he's on in paper manifesting the fruit of the spirit and the ability to take on a fiery dart through faith and stand uh, he's not shrinking so you know what Maybe I'm not the Apostle Paul. You know, maybe I'm not called to, to steward the mysteries of God. You know, shucks, I'm not, I'm not the guy God called me to be. You know, because they're right. You know, in my flesh dwells no good thing. Well, how many of us haven't felt like that a billion times? <laughs> so, you know, that's encouraging, right? Because God, there's times God calls you and he says, Hey, listen, son, stand, right, as a servant, as a father. As a master. And finally, stand like a soldier. You know, man up. And so, or woman up, or cowboy up, whatever you got to do. But stand up and, and be ready to go. Because you know what? God's called you to it. He'll get you through it. And uh, and so, um, so Paul's saying, hey, can you guys pray for me? Um, uh, because it's not just about, I need you out here, and I'm talking about Ephesians 6. I need you all to be strong so I can, so I can finish my course, right? Take the shield of faith, wherewith you are, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the, the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
And then he says, praying with all prayer, Ephesians 6.18, and supplication in the Spirit. It's no coincidence Ephesians 4.12 is dealing with the sword, and Ephesians 4.16 is dealing with prayer. It's no coincidence that Paul is dealing with the sword in one verse, and the next verse he's dealing with prayer. They go hand in hand. And he tells us, he says, hey, uh, I need you guys to go to prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching therein too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I mean, uh, God, and especially for, I know Jeff is here and I'm here, those of us that are pastors and, and uh, Mark and those that count ourselves leaders, I mean, we need to be praying. Everyone, by the way, is, we, we're all charged to do this. But certainly shepherds need to be praying. We need to be praying for the flock because the devil is always out to get them. And, uh, and so, um, and he's having his way with some, let me tell you. And so for me, and he, he says, and don't just pray for the, I'm not just needing to pray for all saints. I need, I need prayer. <laughs> Please pray for me. Amy, do you have your hand up? Okay, um, and he says, please, "Please pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel." By the way, me and I'll just ask for prayer right now. Jeff and I get to speak through uh, an interpreter this week uh, through Christodos Erla. He's coming into town, uh, so we can do some teaching for the pastors in India. And so, pray for us that we open our mouth and speak boldly as we ought to speak, and that he. And uh, we say what needs to be said, and, and Christodos interprets. We're going to spend 10 hours doing this, so it's going to, it's a lot of a t- a time. And so pray for his brain uh, to be able to process all that. It's hard to interpret for 10 hours, isn't it? And so, uh, and so Paul says, I'm an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak, the bol- speak boldly as I ought to speak. And of course, we know Paul did speak boldly as he ought to speak, and he got killed for it, so he didn't get a pass. The end of the story for Paul uh, in his second imp- imprisonment in Rome was not, uh, pray for me that I speak boldly and everything's okay. You know, it didn't end that way for Paul. It, that wasn't even the issue. It did end that way for Paul because he's able to go to heaven. You know, I get my get out of earth card free, you know. So, uh, you know, that's that's how it worked for Paul. Uh, but in the process, he, he he wasn't about just getting out of here. He wanted to do, pre- represent the Lord well. That's why he says, I'm an ambassador in bonds. We had a gentleman in Turkey get uh, assassinated. Um, I don't think he was an ambassador. Uh, we had, well, we did have an ambassador get killed over in... Uh, in uh, uh, Libya, thank you. Yeah, Libya, a few years ago in Benghazi, right? That's 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 atrocious, isn't it? When it, when someone kills an ambassador, uh, and so uh, you know what? This ambassador, Paul, got killed by by who? A head of state, Nero, right? That's the kind of warfare that God is engaging us in. It's dealing with principalities and powers and spiritual weakness in high places, and so you know. Back in the old days, like last year or two years ago, that was like, you know, nobody really thought what we were doing would get the attention of principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. But just wait. Just wait. You'd be surprised what the truth of God's Word will do and how magnified it can get and how how something that we would see as so simple, benign, and gracious and true can end up be, being taken as an offense, as, a, as, a, as some sort of uh, threat. Right, because there's a war between good and evil, dark and light, and so we say God loves you, but He hates sin. And guess what? The message comes across is you're a hater, right? And uh, and uh, you want to kill, you know, homosexuals, whatever, right? And so the, there's a spiritual war going on, and we got to be careful not to take it personal. Cannot take it personal. It's not personal. So when you get some some person out here planting rainbow flags in your lawn day after day, you know what you do? You just love them. 
and you take the rainbow flag, write Genesis 9.13 on it, put it in your window, and keep praying. Right? That's what you got to do. It's not personal. Some math addict comes and rips your muffler off your car and uh, breaks into your building or whatever. You know, don't take it personal. That's just the way it goes. I mean, obviously do what you can, but at the end of the day, none of that's personal. We're in a war. That's a distraction. We need to make sure we stay on mission and, and keep going. So that's as far as I'm going to get tonight. I was, thought I'd fly through all seven, actually. So I'm, I'm on uh, point number three. So I do plan on going faster than one a week. Um, but I'm going to pause right there uh, so we don't. So we have plenty of time to pray tonight. And um, we can digest that. So, so again, just recapping. I've got seven of these. The first two are seven attributes of a credible Christian warrior. The first one is secure in their relationship with Christ. Paul's, uh, Paul's not in, at all intimidated by the, the pushback that he's getting from the Corinthians. Uh, those that are somewhat in, in, uh, in presence, he says later on, he goes, we'll see how that goes when I show up. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, and then he's successful in spiritual battles, right? He knows how to war good warfare. And, you know, by reason of use, we have our senses exercised. I want you to be encouraged uh, you know this is kind of victory lane paul's coming in as the leader but even if you fail in battle don't be discouraged you know we look at david we all want to be david and slay goliath but you know the good news about goliath and david's story is you don't really have to slay goliath you just have to follow david and you see, and Jesus is the one who slayed the, he's slain the, the enemy. And so, uh, you know, the whole, the cool thing about that whole story in, uh, in, in, uh, in the Old Testament there in First Samuel is that when Goliath got, before Goliath was slain, no one, not one man was, was bold enough to step out onto that battlefield. Not even the king would step out on that battlefield against Goliath. That's how, that's how much intimidation personal attacks brought. When, he, when, when Goliath made it personal, it wasn't talking about us, but it came down to you, right? You, you face me, you face me. You f- Who's got the guts to face me? Nobody had the guts. Well, when it comes to sin and death, nobody has the guts to face sin and death. I don't care who you are. And so, but there was one man who did, and that was Jesus Christ, right? And he took it on. And you know, in that story, after, after Goliath was slain, man, the whole army come out and they took over, right? And they, they put the Philistines to flight. Well, that's exactly where we are. Our victory's been won. So we don't have anything to fear. We need to just stand and go and go forward in faith because Jesus has already won. The hard part's already been done. The personal attacks, yeah, we might get some, some residuals, but the reality is that personal attack came long before we were born. And uh, it's already been settled. We can read the end of the story. And we get to get in on the battle at the end. We get to follow Jesus in the battle, just like those uh, Israeli soldiers followed him after they killed Goliath. And so it's exciting when you really understand your position and understand where you're at. It puts you in context so you don't have to freak out. You know, everybody can be at peace. And the Spirit of God can just dwell in us richly. So we need to be secure in our relationship with Christ, successful in spiritual battles. Next time we get together, we'll talk about submitting to authority, which that's a big deal. And so probably just as well that I paused. So uh, submitting to authority. All right. And then I'll give you the rest of them as we go. Okay. So any comments, questions? i got something to say about the prayer meeting. But other than that... Uh, all right, yeah, Mark.
Yeah. Yeah, he was in isolation. It's easy to forget about our brothers and sisters in isolation. You know, this morning we celebrated the Lord's Supper and uh, not everybody could be here. Some people weren't here that should have been here, but others couldn't be here, you know. And fortunately, by the way, our deacons that we've met last week, and they're going to cover those and get them taken care of. And people like Jan Smith, she would love to be here, you know. And she's got surgery this week. She may never, you know, I hope, God forbid, but we hope she gets back. But you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so uh, so we pray. We need to be praying for these that are in isolation. And Colin, by the way, I followed up on that discussion. And so, um, so yeah, that's that's a good word. I appreciate that. And uh, think about, you know, we got, we got, there's saints in prison right now. We used to have a, an elderly uh, member of our church, an elder, so to speak, of our church. He was an elder in the in the uh, community of uh, Kansas City happened to be a, a black fellow but he would always pray every every Sunday he says father bless those behind prison bars and uh, you know that left an impression on me um, I forget that fellow's name but what was it yeah brother Youngman yeah bless bless those that are behind prison bars and uh, you know that's that's a that's a really good word we need to be praying for those behind prison bars and uh and especially those we just by the way good news someone got a hold of our bibles and uh and pr- behind prison bars and got saved and uh yeah and they were here this morning and so uh they raised their hand for salvation but they they have a pr- testimony of salvation and i just heard this that's one of the reasons i was running late so they're planning on uh uh they're planning on baptism already so steve's been working with them they haven't been i thought they came to life issues but they haven't so Steve's talked to them, and uh, they came out of jail with, a, you know, got a hold of our Bible, read it. Everything's lined up. He's here because he followed Jesus, and I'm like, well, that is awesome. <laughs> it's like that's like something you read in the Bible, and so, <laughs> so <laughs> it is. It's a sharp two-edged sword, and it quickens, man. It's just awesome. I mean, that's that is so cool. And then one of our other ladies that's in life issues led her mom to Christ. She's in D1 right now. She led her mom to Christ. I heard that today too. So be, be encouraged. Your prayer works, and um, and so Amen and Amen. Can you believe I've already went 30 minutes? All right.